When this boy meets girl, this boy meets world. When this girl meets boy, meets boy, meets Hello class, open up your textbooks to Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World Season 3 Episode 15 Chapter Titled The Heart is a Lonely Hunter The Heart is a Lonely Hunter It's so poetic It is a very poetic This week's episode and last week's episode have the longest titles And the shortest blurbs And the shortest blurbs I wonder why I don't know <sighs> When are we going to talk about this? Um, the blurb situation. I don't know. Let's just... Should I blurb you up? Is that <laughs> what guess, we're doing? Whatever. If we seem a little rushed, it's because we're pretty rushed. This is... Just let's ease we're into this. We're parents of sort of teenagers on a Friday night. We have to go pick them up from doing social stuff. They've. It's been a very busy Friday evening for them. So we have tried to fit in this to our schedule. Because we also have a very busy weekend. We do. We're going to go see Miranda. The friend of the show and and friend pod, of our hearts podcast star. What episode was she on? I don't know, but she's giving me a Holland cabbage bowl, and I can't wait. Twenty-seven. What's a Holland cabbage bowl? A Holland, Col- like Holland, Holland, like the place Holland. We don't have time for this. It's a bowl. Seth it's Rollins? shaped. It's shaped like a cabbage. It's beautiful. I can't wait to have it. I'm so excited. So it's a ballin cabbage don't have- bowl. Time for this. The more you say that, the less important this episode seems to anyone listening. It's a Holland cabbage bowl. She is losing her mind. It is literally a bowl that looks like a cabbage. And I don't know why I love it so much, but she sent me a picture because she got it for herself and she knew I would like it. And I like, I lost my shit over this bowl. I want one. I started looking them up. They're super expensive. They're collector's items. And then she was like, I don't think I like the cabbage bowl anymore. I'm giving it to you. You want to come over next weekend? I'm like, yes, the cabbage bowl. So... That's so, me, Tanya, the cabbage bowl lover. So I want to clarify. It's a bowl that's made out of cabbage, but it's made to look like the guy who plays Spider-Man? Yes, Tom good. Holland. Good. Far From Home is a really good movie. Uh-huh, but that's not what this episode's about. <laughs> Tanya, can you blurb me up? This is ridiculous. Blurb me up. Okay. The blurb for season three, episode 15, The Heart is a Lonely Hunter, is Corey and friends teach Sean how to keep a long relationship with a girl. Corey and friends. Corey and friends. <laughs> Corey and friends. <laughs> what? Friends. I don't know, but I just, like, I feel like I need a t-shirt with, like, Corey and a bunch of his friends on it. It just says, like, Corey and friends. Or Corey and nobody, and it says Corey and friends. Corey and friend. <clears throat> yes. Topanga plays a very, very important role in this. Unless you're talking about his friend, his teacher. <laughs> anyway. That's not his teacher. <laughs> let's, it's, let's... it's their janitor. Well, and Mr. Turner. Anyway. Oh, yeah. Uh, so this episode was directed by Jeff McCracken, and it was written by Kevin Kelton. Hmm. Uh, I believe that's a first. Is it? I think so. Classroom or not, Alden? Not, Tanya. Where are we? Uh, we're in Chubby's, and we're making out. We're making out right now? <laughs> yeah. That doesn't sound good. Um, Sean is once again doing what we saw a week ago, where he is just like... Sucking wholehearted, face. Wholefacedly... Like, you can't even see the girl's face. And when we do, we find out it's Alex Mack. It he is. He is making out with Alex Mack over... Larissa the, Olnick? Yeah. 
over the table. The most uncomfortable looking thing I've ever seen in my life. Like, they're pressed over the table making out. Why? Why? When you are 14 and you want to get a smooch on, you'll do uncomfortably terribly things. Terribly things? Because you just want to... Isn't it like less uncomfortable to walk like three steps and get in the booth next to her? So let's say... Now, this doesn't apply to Sean. I'm just applying to this to the same age Alden and probably the same age Corey. They'll probably... He probably felt the same way in this situation. The opportunity arises for the smooch and you're so uncomfortable in that moment that you don't handle it you're just like you're glued into whatever like you're sitting across from her and maybe she says should we kiss and then you're like i guess so so you just lean forward and you start smooching because you don't have the mental capacity to go i should move around to the other but side here's the thing this isn't you and this isn't Corey. this is sean he kisses people all the time why didn't he go around the table you know who else thinks he kisses people all the time alden uh dana pruitt does so Larissa Olenek, Alex Mack is Dana Pruitt. <laughs> the six, That's a lot of names. The sick name, six named girl. So Dan- the sick named girl. Yeah. So she starts talking about how like, um, you didn't know, you sure know a lot about kissing because he talks about how like, well, we got to be careful because it could be a vacuum seal and then your face gets sucked into each other's face and you got to come up for air every once in a while. And she's like, you sure do know a lot about kissing. And he says... Well, yeah, I've, you know, I've done some kissing research. And she's like, yeah, so I've heard. Yeah, she gets a little bristly at this point, And, like, they kiss again. And Sean says, when are we going to have a second date? And she goes, well, I'm going to be doing um, sign-ups for the blood drive in a couple days. You want to do that with me? Uh, no. No one wants to do that with you, Dana. Like, Sean might Maybe. just want to kiss people. But, like, I don't want to go on that date. Okay, well, I I think if it's a girl you like, you might do something that you don't normally want to do. Corey would definitely. Corey would absolutely do that with her. But not, like, he wouldn't enjoy it. It, For her to suggest that that be the second date was kind of like, meh, no. I think it was because she was going, I really want to see if Mm. he can be not what I've heard he is. Maybe that's true. Yeah, that makes more sense. I was very confused as to why this, like, 15-year-old girl would be like, oh, come help me with this as our second date. But then she starts to talk. He's like, no, thank you. I don't volunteer. In my family, we only volunteer if... Like, we have to do he does serve his, time. He does his dad voice thing. Like, you only volunteer, you can do in time. Right. And uh, she was like, well, I really like picnics. Would you want to go on a picnic? We could do a picnic. And he's like, eh, I'm not really well, a picnic kind no, of guy either. That's, he says, I love picnics. And she goes, really? And he goes, no. Why don't we just get back to what we do best? And, like, leans in to kiss her. And she's like, um, how about... You know, I don't I don't think we will have a second date. And then she leaves. And he just sits there and he goes, what happened? And then we cut to? The hallway. Mm-hmm. Because? Because Corey is upset. Why is he He's upset? He's very upset. Because he was having lunch with Janitor no, Bud. Breakfast. Breakfast. He mm-hmm. was having a meal with Janitor Bud. He came in early to have breakfast with the janitor. And the janitor basically told him that Sean had a date with Dana Pruitt. And Sean didn't tell Corey. Corey heard it from Janitor Bud. 
Yeah. And uh, Sean's like, why does it matter to you? And Corey goes, Dana Pruitt, she's a nice girl. Uh, Janitor Bud and I decided that that's that would be really bad for your reputation. And um, he, he Corey goes, well, did, did you kiss? And Sean's like, Corey, I don't, you know me, I don't like to talk about the girls that I've kissed. And Corey goes, uh, have you met you? Yes, you do. If it wasn't for your stories and your little pictures that you draw me, I wouldn't know nothing. So, um... Sean's acting kind of bashful about everything, and Corey's like, oh, goodness, like, you like her. Like, you actually like her. And so Sean talks about it a little bit. He's like, well, yeah, like, she's a nice girl, whatever. And, um, but he he doesn't want to talk about Dana. And then she walks. Because he doesn't want to tell Corey that she didn't want another date. Right. But then she walks over and she says, Corey, or Sean, I want to talk to you in private. And but Corey's first says hi to Corey. That's true. That's important. It is important. And then she says uh, she needs to talk to Sean in private. And Corey is like, ooh, uh, you want me to wait up for you? And Sean says, uh, you know, we might be a little while. Um, if, you know, if if, I, if I'm not back in class in time, just fall asleep without me. <laughs> yeah, but then he slides on over to Eric. You slide on over to Eric, who is talking to Eli about his uh, presentation or paper for the communications class. And Eli's like, oh, it's it's time for Eric's excuse. What is it? What does he corner, call it? Corner, I think. Yeah, Eric's excuse corner. And he starts, he's like, let me guess. You um, had your car repoed and your paper was in it. And Mr. Turner comes over and he's like, ooh, we're playing this game, huh? Let me guess. You used to have a pet. You got rid of the pet. The pet still has your paper in his mouth or or something like that. Mm -hmm. And Eric's like, guys, I'm being serious right now. I'm just trying to get into college. Uh, Eli says, college? You want to be serious about college? Study. And Eric goes, come on, be serious. Mr. Turner says, what about that internship at the station? And... Eli's like, uh, what? Like, he's very upset that Mr. Turner brought this up. Eric's like, oh, yeah, thanks. Thanks, Mr. What's Eli's last name? I don't remember. Mr. Eli. Thank you, Mr. Eli. And then he walks away. And Eli's upset with Jonathan, his best friend. Yeah. And then so then Corey walks over to Sean. I guess the classes past i don't understand it didn't seem like any time had there's passed. like a weird there's like there is like that like flip screen yeah so time has passed but if you were looking down at a piece of paper taking furious writing notes. furious notes then you wouldn't see that you would just hear all of a sudden Corey and sean are talking and Corey's like so sean how the talk go like and he goes and sean says this is really hard for me to talk about and Corey says Oh, what what happened? She wants a second date and you don't know how to let her down. And Sean goes, well, she does want another date, but it's not with me. And Corey says, well, I bet it's some pumped up jock. And Sean's, Pretty boy. And Sean says, well, uh, it's you. And Corey goes, oh, so I was right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they, ha- they kind of have a quick conversation where Corey is like, well, I don't know. I don't want to date her you that's your you were dating her and sean's like of course it's fine don't even worry about it like hey rosie gina and these two girls stop and turn around and sean walks over to them is like these are my kind of girls anyway and like walks away with them Mm -hmm. 
Um, so then we go to the Matthews kitchen where Sean and Morgan are standing at the refrigerator. Morgan's standing in front of Sean. They've got the refrigerator open and they're just staring into it. And Sean's like, how do we even know that the light goes off when we close the door. He's not like asking that question. He is in, you can tell mm-hmm. that he is trying to get Morgan to get into the fridge. Right. And she goes, why don't you get in and find out? Mm-hmm. And then um, Amy and Alan come down the stairs and they're like, Morgan, it's time for bed. And she's like, I can't. I'm babysitting Sean. And then they talk about how Morgan's never in her room where last week she was in her room for like <laughs> four years. So I don't, know what's going on with the room so um alan well first they tell morgan she has to go to her room and um so alan says hey sean you know Corey, like our actual blood child uh he left like hours ago and you're still here um you know we wouldn't really be hurt if you left too like it was kind of mean alan yeah it was kind of mean yeah and it, this goes back to when they like invited Sean to live with them. And then immediately Alan was like, I can't handle this. Yeah. Like it definitely took me back to that where I'm like, I understand not being able to handle things, mm-hmm. but you're kind of being a dick and right. he's not doing anything. He's just in your kitchen and you have kids running in and out of your house all the time. Just go to bed and don't worry about it. Right. And they say that like, um, you know, I'm just going to be, he, Sean says, I'm just going to, I, I got to be here. I've already been waiting for three hours. I might as well wait a few more minutes for Corey to get home from his date, you know, have a little buddy to buddy chat. And Amy goes, well, then why don't we go up to bed and get a little buddy to buddy? <laughs> and, uh, Alan and Amy walk off. And right after that, uh, Corey walks in and like Sean accosts him well, at the door. Corey goes, Hello. And uh, Sean goes, really? You come in after 9 p.m. and all you say is hello? And Corey goes, hello, sailor? (laughs) And Sean goes, well, that's better. But I want to know what happened. Corey was at peak hilarity this episode. He was. Like, I laughed so much. Corey was the comic relief this episode. It was crazy. And he is sometimes, but it's just, this was the most perfect Corey episode in the smallest ways but it was I don't well, know. it was we, just so great we used to talk about how great his timing was mm-hmm. and like i think maybe that hasn't been the case lately because this episode was just so good he hasn't he hasn't had the material for it's it true. he was busy dating topanga like there there wasn't that... he's not funny when he's dating topanga right um so i used to be funny then i got married mm-hmm. so uh cory kind of says like well, we had a nice time she's a nice girl we got along pretty well and sean's like tell me more and Corey's like if you're asking me if i kissed her i didn't and he's like why and he's like because it was the first date like it just the moment wasn't there it didn't seem right and i didn't need to mind you last week like sean knows that Corey doesn't just kiss people yeah but he's freaking out because he really likes this girl right they also have this whole conversation about dry turkey right. and sean's like i'm still chewing on it because amy made really dry turkey yeah uh, and Sean says, well, okay, so on like a scale of one to 10, how did you feel about her? Like one is your first date with Topanga. 10 is the lunch lady in a thong. And, and Cor- Corey says seven. Corey says seven out of 10. So not too enthusiastic. Lunch lady in a thong. Well, seven, like. Seven's closer to lunch lady in a thong yeah, than he- 
Topanga. Yeah, maybe there's just no romantic feelings there. Yeah. Um. Uh. And and Corey's like, oh, I know what's going on here. You're you're jealous, Sean. I've never seen you like this before. And Sean goes, I don't know if that's what it is. I just know that when we were sitting there and I was chewing on that dry turkey, all I could think about was stabbing you in he- in the head with the carving knife. And Corey goes. <laughs> Oh, um, well, I'm still still here. here. And uh, Sean was like, so, you know, should I should I ask Dana out again? And Corey's like, if you don't, I'm going to stab you in the head. And Sean says, you really are a good friend. Um, So, yeah, they they they're adorable. And Corey has given his blessing for Sean to ask Dana out again. And Uh, so we go back to the hall. We go to the hall where Arthur the other person who is going for this internship um, is... Eric, the the newscast internship. Right. Um, he's talking to Eric. He's like, so I heard you're going out for the internship too. And, and he kind of, they heckle each other. Eric's like, yeah, I'm going out for it. And Arthur's like, I have perfect grades and a great resume. And, and I have a letter from Ted Turner himself telling him, talking about how great of a newscaster I would be. So basically, there is no hope for Eric to get this internship. And Eric goes, "Is Eric was like, so what? And he goes, yeah, so I could walk into that room with no pants on and I would still get it. And Eric goes, uh, I've seen you in gym. You might want to wear pants. <laughs> that was mean. That was funny. Um, um, so then we go over to Dana is at a table signing people up for the blood drive. And Sean comes over and he's got like a big like takeout bag. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Dana's like, oh, hey, Sean, are you coming to sign up for the blood drive? And Sean's just like, I'm a step ahead of you and puts the bag down on the table. And she's like, what is thuds on the table? She's like, what is this? And he was like, "Um, it's blood from my Uncle Louie's butcher shop. And she's like, oh, Sean, it's supposed to be human blood. He's like, oh, yeah, it is. It's his blood. He gives a lot. Yeah, he said he didn't even notice. I just snuck up and took some. And she's like, okay. And he goes, so it's all in there in that bag. And a few pork chops. And she goes, great, that'll give me a head start on the pork chop drive. That was the most Aubrey thing I have ever seen in a TV show. What, the pork chop drive? Yes. I thought it was just a funny joke. Aubrey would say that, like, tomorrow. Mm. Like, it was such an Aubrey joke. It was great. Uh, So... Sean's like, come on, I just want to talk to you and, and see how you're doing. And she goes, okay, um, what do you want to talk about? And he's like, um, so how was your date with Corey? And she says, oh, it was great. He's such a nice guy. And we had so much fun together. It was really nice. And he and he was like, why didn't you kiss him? And she's like, he's just a really nice guy. Why rush it? And... Sean is so, like, he really, truly doesn't understand, which is, it's, like, that, he's just being himself, Mm -hmm. and it really is sad that himself, it, it's weird to see the tables turn this way. It's usually the girls that have this problem with reputation and people not understanding them. It's really interesting to see it from a different angle Mm -hmm. um, because it really is usually like guys can be that way and girls love a bad boy. So it really like girls get in long relationships with bad boys. Mm -hmm. That wouldn't have been an issue. Generally speaking. I don't think that's necessarily true. Really? Yeah, no, I can definitely speak speak on this more from the Corey side of this, where it's like, I'm the kind of guy where like, I could always date whoever I wanted to 
date, and I, that sounds bad to say out loud, but it wasn't the, the Sean way. It wasn't like I could just walk up into a room and say, hey, you want to go out on a date? Because I don't give off that vibe. Right. You had I to, had like, to be... get to know yeah. the girl. And it it took, I, w- I don't want to say work, because it generally, it, it took, took time. time. And, it, and it wasn't even always a thing that I was working towards. It was just like a, like, ah, oh, you know, I'm just hanging out here in this room and I'm getting to know this person. And then after some time, you're like, oh, you know what? I think we're going to date. So people would make comments about how I was, I was dating out of my league or whatever. I just, I guess I was thinking of it more from my aspect where I was a nice girl like Mm -hmm. I was a very nice girl who didn't do anything wrong and I dated all bad boys what happened I married you why because the bad boys sucked but it took long relationships for me to realize that I'm not a nice boy I'm dark and mysterious let's we'll get to that um anyway so Sean says, you know, why didn't you kiss him? And she's, she basically says, like, that he's just not that type. And Sean says, but you kissed me. And she said, yeah, well, that's different. And he's like, well, how is that different? And she says, well, Corey's a nice guy. And you're just, you know. You have a reputation. You have a reputation. You're not really boyfriend material. Who says that at 15? Smart 15-year-olds? I don't know. Um, I just, I felt bad for Sean because he really was just being who he was. So and I felt bad for Sean too, but I also know being in that situation and seeing people in that situation, he was reacting mo if she had gone out, if she had said yes to a second date, he would have been tired of her three or true. four dates in. But because this was the first time that someone had said, oh no, I don't like this. It, he yeah. couldn't handle that. And he's like, whoa, wait a second. I really like you because he wanted what he wasn't able to, to get. That's a very good point. I, I think I let my feelings of like, I really just wish people would just let people be themselves and like figure things out. But he wouldn't have learned anything if that were the case. So Right. And I don't want to say he wanted what he couldn't have, but he just he was so confused by this thing that it made him want it more. Yeah, and he also wasn't used to actually like liking someone and wanting to be in a relationship. So now he wanted that, and he was like, oh, but I don't even know how to get that. But also, she's Alex Mack. She's super awesome. All right. So now we go to the cafeteria where Sean and... He, just deep down, he was a really big Alex Mack fan? I don't think so, because Alex Mack was different than Dana Pruitt because definitely true Dana Pruitt talks with this really strange like baby sweet voice that it was like well you're a nice girl so you gotta talk soft yeah and she's just like okay Sean well you're just not boyfriend material and like it was it was weird and yeah Alex Mack did not talk like that she was Mm -mm. like I'm gonna turn into a puddle of liquid and sneak under this door and like look at me I've got a backwards hat on and boy clothes and I look super cool and she did she was awesome but she was not Dana Pruitt that is very true she did have it was like an overly breathy like Marsha Brady voice that she was trying to do yes Marsha Brady that's exactly what she sounded like I know I think she did that a little bit in 10 Things I Hate About You as well. And I was very confused about it until I realized that she only did that when she was talking to her dad. And that was the point of the whole movie. Wow. Thanks. 10 Things I Hate About You summed up in 10 seconds. Um, Anyway, so cafeteria. We go to the cafeteria. 
and Sean and Corey are basically commiserating over the fact that like Sean it has different girls that are attracted to him than Corey has attracted to him. Like, and Sean, Sean, Sean basically says, like, you wouldn't understand what I'm going through right now. And Corey goes, um, I, I, you don't understand what I go through. Like, I want to be with the kind of girls that you're with. I, all the time, I see you go out with these girls and I wish I could be out with these girls. And he goes, what do you mean? Like, what kind of girls do I go out with? And they're like the fast, flashy kind. I've never been able to go out with a girl like that. And then Topanga's walking up and he's like, except one. Hello, flashy. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, it's okay, Corey. I'm happy to be thought of as a nice girl. And she sits down and and they start to talk to her. And she's like, you know, I don't know. Is this about Dana Pruitt? Because I don't have all of the information yet. I've only been in the bathroom three times today. That was funny. It was. And but, but in this whole situation, Corey says, like, you know, you don't know what it's like to be the nice guy. Like, I always have to be the nice guy to the girls. And that's that's troubling now, too. Like, mm-hmm. because there are so many guys who who hold on to that. Like, but I'm a nice guy and I can't get girls because I'm a nice guy. I I didn't quite look at it that way, only because he could still get girls. He just wished he wanted to know what it was like to get a different type. Right, but I'm just like that's where this starts. Right. Um, yeah, that nice guy complex is gross. It's the worst. There's a whole subreddit. I know. I follow it. Why? Because you hate yourself. Yeah. What do you <laughs> mean? Because I hate myself? No, because and you want to put yourself through hell. No, because I knew those people, and I know that there were times in my life where I kind of felt that way. Mm-hmm. Um, not not to the extent of these fucking terrible people. That say things. That's to, the worst word you've said on this podcast. It's so gross. Yeah. Um, the guys who will just be like, oh, the girls won't date me because I'm a nice guy. And then they lash out at girls because they don't know how to be people. Yeah. So just to put this out there, nice guys, if that's the way you feel about things, you're actually not a nice guy. You need to check yourself because you are not actually nice. You're a piece of shit. Right. I. But there were definitely times in my life when I was, you know, 18, 19, 20, whatever, where I would think, oh, like I could just, I, you know, I, it's hard for harder for me because I'm a nice guy and uh, girls only want to date bad guys. And that's you don't. I I kind of think that that's kind of the way it's portrayed in media. Mm-hmm. So that you kind of develop this complex throughout that, and then you realize if you're in, you know capable of rationalizing your thought, you realize, oh wait, no. Uh, I'm just being an awkward weirdo. I need to stop being an awkward weirdo because girls love nice guys that aren't awkward weirdos. Yeah, and aren't trying to guilt them into liking them because as a nice girl, I consistently had nice guys acting like I was supposed to bow down to them Mm -hmm. because they were nice. But I also think that like girls are bitchy to nice guys they do take them for granted as a girl i can say we take advantage of nice guys and i do think that that while that doesn't give an excuse to a nice guy to be shitty it does sort of build that in someone who isn't actually nice oh maybe like someone who is trying to portray themselves as nice and are faking it which is 75 percent yeah 
that's that's why it happens sometimes. Yeah. Anyway. So anyways, um, so Corey and Sean are asking Topanga, like, why is this happening? Well, and Sean says, okay, let me just ask you point blank, Topanga. Uh, would you go out with me? And she goes, nope. And he's like, wait, what? You wouldn't? I don't think he was expecting that answer at all. No. Um, and he's like, but why? And tell me the truth. <laughs> and she's like, you want the truth? And he's like, yeah. And she's like, you can't handle the truth. Corey, he can't handle the truth. And he's like, just tell him the truth. Just tell me the truth. And she's like, he can't handle it. And Corey's like, just tell him. And he's, she was like, are you going to take responsibility for this if mm-hmm. I tell him the truth? Yeah. And he was like, yeah, how bad can it be? And she says. Here goes. <laughs> you don't understand women. You don't know what we are, how we feel, or what we think. You see us as dating objects, and the faster we are, the more you want us. And until you can grow up and see beyond that, no matter how many girls you go out with, you will always be lonely. And they're like, damn, Topanga. Mm -hmm. And she's just like, you go from girl to girl so fast that any girl who wants a commitment is afraid of you. And Sean looks at Corey and goes, you let her talk to me like that? (laughs) (laughs) It was amazing. Um, And she goes, yeah, it's just, that's just the way it is. We, we know, we see you and we can tell that um, you're going to get bored and you're going to move on. And he goes, they know. But how many girls would want to change that in him? And that's why they would date him. Lots. Like, so many nice girls. True. I guess just not Dana not, Pruitt. Right. It's not just the, only her. Not the one he wanted. Yeah. Um. So, anyway, we, cu- we cut to the TV station where Arthur is coming out of his interview with the, um, I don't know, the manager there. And he's just, like, kissing up, like, oh, thank you so much. And she's like, oh, wow. Uh, you know, looking over your resume, I might feel like I should be, you should be my boss. Yeah, it's gross. And he leaves. Um, Eric is sitting at the, the back, and he's writing. He has his resume, like, one page in his hands. And he goes, um, box boy in daddy's store. <laughs> oh, head box boy in daddy's store. And he goes, no, they'll check. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's so self-aware. Mm-hmm. Um, and Arthur gives him like a look as he's walking out, and then the woman goes to shut the door, and Eric's like, "Hey, hey, hey! I um, I'm interviewing for the internship too." And she's like, "Huh? Who are you?" And he's like, "I'm Eric Matthews." And she just dies laughing, and she's like, "Eric Matthews is a real person, so like." The resume that they sent over is for a real person. Oh, well, just come in. We'll just we'll get this over with. Mm-hmm. So already it's it starts out wrong mm-hmm. because no one takes him seriously. So again, second episode in a row, there's a parallel there. Like no girls don't take Sean seriously and no one takes Eric seriously. Mm-hmm. So this is the episode where we learn to take people seriously. You did it. You found it. Mm-hmm. You found the message. I did. Um, so Mr. Feeney starts talking, um, well, because we cut to Mr. Feeney's classroom. Yeah. <laughs> We're in the classroom. Classroom or not, Alden? Classroom. All right. Mr. Feeney's talking about how um, there are some great presidents who, if it was in the modern era, these men would not have been elected. Um, 
he says uh, Franklin Roosevelt and John F. Kennedy. And Sean suddenly remembers who one of these people are. He's like, do you think that uh, John F. Kennedy would have been taken more seriously if he weren't good looking? And they're like, "Uh, yeah, probably. And he starts bringing up something. I don't remember what he says, but then Dana says, well, yeah, there were all, there were a lot of rumors and it did hurt his presidency. Less of a, less of a president. No, he, she says less of a husband, less of a leader. And all of the girls in class go, yeah, what the <laughs> heck do 15 year old girls know about any of this? No, like they were screaming like they were there. Yeah. It- yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Sean goes, well, maybe he just needed someone to give him a chance so he could change. And all the guys are like, yeah. Mind you, this was a president of the United States. So obviously he was given a chance. In 1965. (laughs) Was it 65? I think it was. I don't know. I'm bad at history. Um, But Feeney is just like, okay, so Sean, you've started a debate. And Sean's like, when's my detention? And he's like, no, 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 no. This is really good. I like it when you speak up in class. And now you all have homework. Go home and write an essay about how you would feel and this, or these, these presidents would have fared. And here's where I expected them all to groan and be like, oh, I can't believe we have homework yeah, and it's didn't. all Sean's fault. And they didn't. They were just like, OK, I guess we have an essay. And they shut their books. They shut their books. And like five minutes later, the bell rang. But they were already shutting their books. All like, at the same time. All at like the a, same time. Like a, as a high school musical. Like an internal clock that said, time to shut your books. Mm-hmm. Um, he said the homework thing. Yeah. So. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> we cut back to the newsroom. We cut back to the newsroom. Eric is coming out of the office with the like manager of some type who has interviewed him. And he's it did wiping his face off because he's so sweaty. For once, Alden and I both related to Eric. Yeah. We sweat in all of the nerve wracking situations. Yes. We're uh, very sweaty, gross hosts, guys. That's why we do podcasts and not any video. <laughs> We're just like sweating right now. We're so nervous about talking to you. So uh, Eric walks away. Or no, no. First he says, um, so everything, like, when do I hear from you? And she says, oh, you know, I'll let you know. And he's like, oh, so there's a chance. And she goes, don't make me do this. And it's turns around and walks so away. So sad. And so he is, he is defeated. And he walks out to the counter. And he's just really upset. And... He- turns and faces the news camera that's sitting up there and he goes this just in eric matthews huge loser and there's a janitor like picking stuff up and throwing it away and they start to talk to each other um you know he's like why why do you feel this way and eric's like i just bombed the worst like it was the most important interview i did the worst job like my feet were sweating so hard that i have to like empty my shoes out And the guy's like, well, what happened? And he was like, I get in these situations where no one takes me seriously. And because of the fact that I go into it this way, I panic and I don't know how to act. And like, I don't even have a chance to show what I can do. He says, and because of that, I bombed the interview in front of the most important person in the station. And the guy's like, no, you didn't. And he goes, yeah, no, I bombed it. It was bad. And he goes, no, it wasn't in front of the most important person in the station. 
He says, well, who is then? And he goes, me. And he goes, uh, yeah, uh, I know getting coffee feels important, but it doesn't make you the most important well, person. He says something like, I admire your confidence. Yeah. But, um, and then the guy's like, no, I'm the station manager. Like- Pat Darby, station manager. <laughs> I wrote that down not because I cared what his name was. Like It just sounded so poetic. Pat Darby, station manager. It sounds like he's a private eye. It does. Um, speaking of, I did purchase, uh, Knives Out today, so we did. have to watch that later. Okay. Um, so basically he's like, I am talking to my new intern, congratulations. And Eric's like, wait, what? And he's like, you're my new intern. And he's like, oh my gosh, thank you. Thank you so much. I'm not going to let you down. This is going to be fantastic. And... Then he goes to leave and then he turns around. He's like, um, before I leave, can I get like a copy of your photo ID and like a badge or something saying who you are? Because my parents won't believe me. And um, then we go to Mr. Turner's apartment. Yes. Where my favorite scene in probably season three. History, like ever, like it's so good. Corey and Sean walk in talking, and I immediately turned to Tanya when we were watching this the first time and said, "Corey's only wearing one glove." And, and like, I, I was I'm... like, "So he points that out," and I hadn't noticed that. I just noticed the difference in their style. So like, Sean is the neglected child. He has a jacket on instead of a coat. It's it's open, like it's not zipped up. He's wearing a knot cold weather hat he's got a hat on but it doesn't cover his ears like he doesn't have gloves on he's not dressed for cold weather at all and Corey comes in he's got like a red ski jacket on that a is wool cap just a little bit too tight for him yeah um i mean he looks like mom came over and yes. zipped him up and put his gloves on him and pulled his hat down over his ears right his coat doesn't actually look too tight for him it looks snug like his mom was like this is perfect because you won't have any room to get cold yes it really was the difference between a child in a nurturing home and a child of like neglect and bouncing around while he has jonathan jonathan still doesn't quite know how to parent him in a way that's like hey like put on some warmer clothes it's cold outside but anyway Corey's not wearing a glove and um he says why, I don't know why you're letting what Topanga said bother you. Um, do you think, what what would have happened if I always listened to Topanga? And Sean goes, um, you'd still be dating her. And he goes, well, then why are you listening to me, man? And um, they, they he's like, oh, come on, Mr. Turner, uh, I need you to talk some, some sense into our buddy Sean here. And Mr. Turner goes... Who's um, the girl? No, he says, can you fill me in, Matthews? And Corey goes... Um, Dana Pruitt. And he goes, oh, nice girl. And he goes, Sean Hunter. And he goes, oh. oh. <laughs> and Corey goes, there, you're filled in. Now I have to go. I left, I lost my glove out in a blizzard. So I'll be back. And he just like storms off to go find his missing glove. And what, after he storms off, like Sean and Jonathan start to have a conversation that I literally probably... I. I can tell you bits and pieces of it, but not very much because <laughs> I was just so invested in the glove storyline. Well, because now they start talking about how, like, oh, I just really like her. Like, this, I don't know what it is. There's just something about this girl. And she's just, you know, she's too nice for me. She's not my type. And as he's saying that, like, Corey, like, storms back in and doesn't well, have... <laughs> 
John, Mr. Turner says, like, what is her type? And and Corey, like, barges back in. And he's, now he doesn't have any gloves on. And he goes, oh, now I lost the other one. How does that even happen? And, uh, and he starts, like, digging around in the apartment. And then Jonathan and, and Sean continue their conversation. And Mr. Turner is like, it seems like you don't really, like... You, you need to listen to her like you listen to Corey. And then Corey's like, oh, didn't find it. But I did find my old scarf. That- From a year ago when Sean didn't live in that apartment. Why was Corey's <laughs> scarf there? Right. And then he puts it on. He's like, still fit. <laughs> and then they cut back to Mr. Turner, who says, it seems like your best relationship isn't very flashy at all. And Sean goes, oh, you mean Corey? And Corey goes, well, wouldn't you know it? I had the glove the whole time. <laughs> He's it like, was... Velcro. <laughs> like... <laughs> it was so good. Oh, goodness gracious. Oh, anyway. So Mr. Turner says, <laughs> you and Corey get along together because you listen to each other and you hear each other. Just listen to her. And Sean goes, you know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to go tell her how I feel. I'm going to go tell her how I feel right now. And sh- uh, Mr. Turner says, hey, do one better. Show her. Which is wonderful advice. Yes, fantastic. And and ad- best the best advice for any kid to, like, know and to look for. Mm-hmm. Or uh, person in general. Yeah. Like, people can say whatever they want. Can and will. Yes. We as adults, as like grown, grown, grown adults, like in middle, adults. middle freaking age adults, like we are halfway through our lives. We did have freaking. Did I? You did. Oh, well, um, we've had people where we're like, oh, they seem nice. Like they know what to say. That's a nice thing to say. And their actions were awful. Well, and, and we talked to the kids about it. Like people, when they want you or something from you they will say whatever they need to to get that it takes a different kind of person to try to to do what's right Mm -hmm. and to show you that they will that they care about you yeah um and that they they will take care of you and the people around you and because a lot of times the actions will make a person feel uncomfortable. It takes them out of their comfort zone to act instead of just speak. It just is so much more effective. Yeah. So anyway, we cut the chubbies where Corey is playing pool by himself and and Dana walks in and she says, um, Corey, what are you doing? Shouldn't you be playing with someone? And he goes, well, I would be playing with my best friend, but someone played yo-yo with his heart. Um, and she's just like, Corey, like, you do understand why it wouldn't work with me and Sean. And he's like, why? Because of his reputation? Or Dana's just like, you know, he has a reputation. And Corey's like, doesn't it matter more, like, what who the person is than their reputation? Yeah, he's like, I know the reputation, but I know the guy better than I know his reputation. And you don't know the guy. Um, and he says, you went out with me because you thought I was nice. That's my reputation. Now you know that deep down, Corey Matthews is dangerous, dark, and very edgy. And then, did you write down the other part? I did. Okay, you do that then. All right. Over the intercom we hear, would the owner of a bright red hypoallergenic ski jacket with one mitten please claim it at the counter? <laughs> and He's Corey like, goes, gotta go, that's me. Oh, gotta go. Um... And then she walks outside Chubby's, so it cuts outside Chubby's, and 
Sean is sitting there on a blanket with a picnic basket and two ca- unlit candles. It's freezing. He's shivering. He does not have enough warm clothes on. Remember, mm-hmm. he is not dressed for this weather. And she's like, Sean, what are you doing? And he says, this seemed like a better idea before uh, I sat out here for an hour and my lips went numb. And he goes, you want some hot soup? And he opens the thermos and pours it out, and it's like a solid block of ice. And she's like, what is all of this? And he was like, well, you said you like picnics. So I decided, you know, why not now Also, in, in the cold? Also, in the middle of winter, did you know picnic baskets are like a million percent off? <laughs> um. So then they start to talk about, he's like, I really do like you. And and she's like, okay, I like you too. And he talks to her about how he doesn't want his reputation to be the deciding factor for her. And that he, you know, basically that he's willing to be what she wants. Um, because he really, really likes her. He doesn't love her yet. But if this is how he feels when he likes her, he's like glad he's not in love with her. Right. And then she's like, well, do you want to seal this with a kiss? And he goes, why rush things? And then he holds out his hand to shake her hand. Um, Well, it looked like that, but actually they just grabbed hands and then started to go inside. Okay. Because it looked like, because I thought the same thing when Mm -hmm. we watched it the first time, because I didn't see it the second time. I I was writing. I thought he was doing the old Corey Matthews. No. I'm going to shake your hand. Uh, Anyway, so now we go to the, the credit scene. I'm sorry for all the sniffling in this episode. I'm by trying. The way. I, there, I, there are, is sniffling in every episode, but I keep trying to like move away from the mic to do it. Yeah. I just have this one drippy spot in my nose. Yeah, it's your nose. No, it's just the edge. So, anyway, sorry for that ASMR experience. Um. Anyways. Credit scene. Matthew's kitchen. house kitchen. Lots of coffee cups. A billion coffee Morgan. cups. Morgan. Morgan. Eric. <laughs> Go on. Coffee cups, mugs on the table. There's regular coffee. There's decaf coffee. Decaf coffee goes in chipped mugs. Regular coffee goes in unchipped mugs. And Morgan says, oh no, I put decaf in this one. And Eric grabs like a fork or something. And and chips the mug. Chips the mug. And he goes, there, I'm a genius. And um, Alan and Amy walk downstairs. And Alan's like, oh, you made coffee for the next three years? And Amy's just like, this is fantastic. Thank you. And Eric's like, "Uh, uh, uh, nope, not for you. This is for all my colleagues at the station. I thought Monday morning it would be time to bring them some nice coffee and some ding, muffins are ready. And Alan's just like, "Um, you're not supposed to bring coffee to the station. Like, you're supposed to make it there. He's like, who's said anything about bringing it? And everyone from the station shows up at their kitchen door. At the back door. (laughs) Like, what? And uh, they they come in and they start grabbing stuff and Alan quickly grabs a coffee cup. And so and, does Amy. Mm-hmm. They both do. And that's it. Then we're done. <laughs> we did it. I'm so proud of us. What did you think of this episode? I thought it was an amazing episode. I it thought was it was so very good. good. Yeah. I, it was nice to have two great episodes in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe Corey and Topanga dating was kind of a drain on the whole kind of experience of the show. Um, Only to the point that while Corey is invested in a relationship and going through like the emotions of that he he doesn't have the sort of um flighty Mm one-liners that really he is so good at yeah he's great at it 
Oh, I just love him. He was oh. so great. Mm. I mean, really, what my takeaway from the episode was the glove was still lost. One glove he found. He didn't find the other one. That's true, but he was very excited about finding that one after he lost it. Sniffle. and punch you with this book. And uh, I don't know. I, I thought it was really fun. It was a good episode. Um, Eric's side story was good mm-hmm. and wholesome and interesting. And paralleled it to a point. And um, uh, Sean's story was interesting while, while getting Corey's story involved in that. Uh, I thought it was a really good episode. I... Um, I liked the use of Topanga, even though it is still weird to me because now they just jumped into being good friends. And I know they kind of talked about that last mm-hmm. week, but we both agreed that they kind of might need to take some time off. But she played the friend well this episode. Yeah, and I do think like without that, we wouldn't have Topanga at all. And I would rather have, eh, we really shouldn't have Topanga, but I'm glad she's here than no Topanga at all. That's true. Um, but Corey and Topanga are already talking like an old, like, divorced couple that has accepted their differences and oh yeah, time is so different for kids that's true that's like, true like they were dating for five months and they acted like they had been together for six years how quickly after like a breakup would you be normal with a with a boy i already told you i couldn't because they acted like they were like in love with me right but that was pretty normal i think in general yeah no i i couldn't act normal with a boy because if I acted normal with the boy then they immediately thought that I was going to be with them again right so but that's not how they're acting so they're fine um are you gonna ask me how did you feel about the episode I love the episode I thought Corey was amazing in this episode he was so funny I died laughing she's all dead the now. time she's I'm a ghost. just I'm the best ghost she's ever a podcast ghost um but I think what I like the most is that it gave us alternate things to think about. Like this episode, you had a perspective on it that was completely different than my perspective on it, mm-hmm. where I was just like, Sean should just be allowed to be himself. And this is who Sean is. And like, I was confused watching it. Like, why wouldn't this girl just go out with him? And you had a different perspective on it, which was my favorite part of this episode yeah, was being able to I I don't know if you're going to have the answer that I was thinking when I was going to ask this question have there been people in your life where you've been like I like this guy this person but it's not right for me so I'm not going to date them you haven't had that have you happen have you <laughs> no I I have like, I dated them I know but I married one anyway, them. not the, you. You are not that. You are great for me. <laughs> um. Anyway, I most people have had that experience, and those of those people who haven't need to learn it. Like mm-hmm. it is an important lesson to learn, and a lesson that I talked to Aubrey about, you know, days ago. Like it's important to know. I really like this person. But this is a bad situation for me, and whether I like them or not, I need to take a step away from that. So, like, it's not a bad thing to do that. Even, like, you might say, like, this person's just being themselves. Well, being themselves might suck for me. Yeah, no, I understand that. I just, I guess I thought of it more as, like, maybe Sean should... 
she was going out with him to begin with. She was acting like she liked him to begin with. And then knowing his reputation, she went out with him knowing his reputation. Yeah, but then he proved his reputation. That's a good point. She did give him a chance at first. Like I said, she was she was pulling the blood drive and the picnic thing to try to see how he reacted to it. That's when she turned. Like she was like, okay. She wasn't not kissing him, but then That's when it true. came to will you get to know me, he he bailed on that and she was like, all right, well, then I don't want to do this. Yeah, that's a very good point. I I definitely like appreciate you and your points in this episode because I saw it <laughs> only this episode, though. <laughs> no, specifically this episode. I know it just sounds. sometimes funny. I don't think you're right. This time I think you're right. <laughs> yeah. And I I appreciate it because I watched it in a completely different way than I'm seeing it now. And I'm seeing it now as like she did give him a chance. And now he learned something that was very valuable because just constantly being fast, fast, fast all the time was never going to lead to anything of substance for him. Yeah. So it was a really, really good thing to see. I just, I guess I'm so in my own like female bubble that I am it really did switch what I would consider the gender norm yeah, for that. I don't, and I think it, there's a, there's a, 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 a lost perception of how men and boys deal with relationships. Like they mm-hmm. go through the same things mm-hmm. uh, and deal with things the same ways. There are different kinds of guys and they, they get treated differently because of how they act. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I've al- or, and how they are perceived. I've always agreed with that, but for some reason, seeing it didn't click with me. Mm. Like, I've always thought that even about, I mean, I'm the mom of boys. Mm-hmm. And while my goal is to teach them how to be with whoever they fall in love with or whoever they are friends with or whoever they spend the rest of their lives with, I am a- also aware, though, of perception of boys and perception of men but watching it and i guess because sean is that character that's just like but that's just who he is and it's just how he always has been that my like it took you saying that for me to really understand it are you aware though of the perception of boys to men i love boys to men motown philly back Mm -hmm. again Uh uh-huh doing a little east coast slide do we have time to sing no, we don't, okay. because it's time for us to go pick up our children. Um, I hope it didn't seem like we were too rushed this episode. We talked a lot. Yeah. We wrote so many pages of notes. This is the most pages of notes that we've I've ever written. This and, is the most dense my handwriting has ever been. Um, but I enjoyed doing this episode. Me too. And you just, like, you love Alex Mack. That was, like, your show. So seeing I, her, like... I think as a as a teenager i had a legitimate crush on her i think after we watched this episode the other night i think i saw a commercial with her in it for something so that's the, but that was the weirdest thing for me and i we don't have time to get into it but i i knew that she was in an episode of, of boy meets world mm-hmm. and i've been looking forward to getting to it because you know it's alex mack Mm-hmm. And then we got to it and I was like, yeah, it's Alex Mack. And I was like, she is a child. This is weird now. Like I had a huge crush on her when I was a child. Yeah, but we've been over this like with the whole Sean Hunter thing. Like I had a crush on Ryder Strong so much. Mm-hmm. Well, as an adult, I think he's great too. Like mm-hmm. it 
I grew up with him. You grew up with her. So now it's almost like watching like a home movie where you're like, oh, there's my friend that I liked when I was a kid. You're right. not, you aren't sexualizing this child. You're just like, oh, but I loved her when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. It's a weird, a weird conversation to have. But um, yeah, I I just, I remember having a huge crush on her in this mm-hmm. and 10 Things I Hate About You mm-hmm. and Third Rock from the Sun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She was awesome. I mean, I had a huge crush on Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Really? Oh my gosh. So much. I still do. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> like so yes. Like from Angels in the Outfield. Oh, age. Okay. From that age, like everything I saw him and I'm just like, Well, I'm marrying him one day and I didn't. You could. I couldn't. Go out there, get your go- Gordon Levitt. Go get your Gordon Levitt. <laughs> it's too bad we don't name the episodes anymore. Go get your Gordon Levitt. Go get your Gordon Levitt should be the name of this episode. Hey, class, go get your Gordon Levitt. (laughs) Don't forget about it. Go get your Gordon Levitt. He says as he tells his wife to go be with uh, a movie star. Uh, Anyway, Tanya, anything else you want to add before we go? Uh, Follow us on Twitter. At BMG and BMW. And email us, please. BMG and BMW at gmail.com. Join our Facebook group. Uh, just type in BMG and BMW. And um, do the thing where you like review and post if you want. Yeah, if you want. Hey, tell tell a friend. Tell a family. Tell, tell, tell a family. Tell a boy. Tell a world. <laughs> tell a girl. Tell whoever you want. Yeah, or whatever you want. Tell, tell a, someone in Montana. Tell someone in Montana. At this point, I have reached the point where I never want anyone to listen from montana i want the entire rest of the world to have listened we're almost to that point and <laughs> we are almost to that point he's like we've got someone in sri lanka and no montana we've got people in japan no montana yes. it's crazy it is crazy you know what's crazier we gotta go pick our kids up yes so thank you for joining us this has been boy meets girl meets boy meets world season three episode 15 right yep 15 class dismissed